Welcome to the Collective Voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Michael McNutt, Director of Education and Events for Weedy, the preeminent national membership association for health IT guidance and collaboration. For nearly 30 years, Weedy has been an instrumental force in igniting public-private partnerships to empower meaningful changes for the American healthcare system. Recognized and trusted as a formal advisor to the Secretary of Health and Human Services, Weedy is the leading authority on the use of health IT to efficiently improve health information exchange, enhance care quality, and reduce cost. For information on our member benefits and educational offerings, visit our website, wedi.org. Today, we welcome Dr. Michael Gao, CEO and co-founder of SmarterDX, a company focused on improving hospital revenue cycle through applied data science. Dr. Gao is an experienced professional with over a decade of work experience in the healthcare industry. Prior to SmarterDX, he held various positions, such as assistant professor in medicine and medical director for transformation and resident, internal medicine, and Silverman Fellow in healthcare innovation. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Happy holidays, by the way. Happy holidays, Michael. Great to be here. Thank you for your time. No, my, my pleasure. Uh, your bio is very impressive, uh, but let's peel back the layers. We always ask our guests uh, their origin story. What are those three big words I like to use, those motivations, inspirations, and aspirations that led you to this career in healthcare? Yeah, well, you know, I certainly appreciate the chance to tell that story. Um, you know, I uh, uh, primarily did mathematics um, in undergrad uh, and uh, really felt that it was, you know, in many senses, so abstract that it was hard to tie the work that I did to a sort of value that it would provide to individual people. Um, and I think that uh, sort of, you know, tide of value is, is why I ended up going to med school. Um, then in med school, you know, I, uh, one of the things that I, I did was start a free clinic um, to provide people without health insurance, um, you know, health care. And in our first year, we saw maybe a thousand patients and everybody was ecstatic, you know, like amazing work. And, you know, at the time, the Affordable Care Act was just rolling out. And I remember looking at the statistic that there were uh, 39 million Americans without health insurance um, in the U.S. And so I was did the math, you know, given the background and mm-hmm. yep. said a thousand patients divided by 39 million. Boy, we're, we're barely making, you know, a scratch on the surface of a dent in, in sort of, you know, the challenges that we're facing in healthcare. Um, and I think at the end of that, you know, that's what led me to think about combining uh, the scalability of technology um, with the value of medicine um, and healthcare. Excellent. Now, now talk me, talk me through Smarter DX. Uh, you know, how long have you guys been around and, and what's kind of the major mission statement for Smarter DX in terms of healthcare? Yeah, one of the, you know, one of the biggest challenges in healthcare is, um, you know, just essentially reporting what happened to the patient. Um, and so, you know, revenue cycle is a fancy term, but the way I think about revenue cycle is, the hospital has to generate a receipt um, for the care they provided to the patient. Um, and that receipt is how they get paid, you know, for that patient. Um, and the crazy uh, sort of fact is that um, in the U.S., uh, somewhere on the order of $300 billion a year is spent to generate those receipts. That's not the actual care. That's not the medicines. That's not the doctors, the nurses, 
um, the research, that's just the process of, you know, getting that receipt put together. Um, and because healthcare is so complicated, um, you know, just like a waiter occasionally has a wrong item or misses an item on a, you know, restaurant bill, because healthcare is so complicated, that receipt is often not a perfectly accurate representation of the care that was uh, delivered. Uh, and so fundamentally what we do is we help hospitals generate more accurate receipts um, so that they can get paid uh, correctly for the care that they delivered. Great. Now we're in the holiday season and um, AI is the name du jour. It is the Tickle Me Elmo. It's the Cabbage Patch Kid of, of 2023-2024. Uh, how is and how have you seen AI and why is AI and revenue cycle management getting those receipts how do you see them as a match made in technological heaven? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think uh, AI is fundamentally about, uh, you know, kind of empowering uh, software to take in data, um, kind of raw data, and drive insights, um, you know, from that data. Uh, and so the process of generating that receipt is today is, you know, um, people doing a lot of that uh, work. And some of it is kind of intrinsically human, I would say, but a lot of it is scrolling through the thousand labs that were ordered that visit, looking at every medication on a 50 medication list, you know, trying to read every single note the doctor writes. Um, and so, you know, I think of AI as not replacing the clinical judgment part of uh, you know, the, the work that the person is doing, um, but giving them a power tool to go through that entire mound of data um, and kind of hone in on the right elements. Now, you're talking about right elements. And by the way, we're speaking with Michael Gao, uh, CEO and co-founder of Smarter DX. So walk me through, you know, like let's, let's play cartoons here. Like there, you have your little AI going into kind of the, the care of the individual. What is it picking apart and what is it doing more efficiently than perhaps a human would? Yeah, I, I mean, I would say it's, it's less of a versus thing and more of a, you know, how can we help the person? Yes. So, um, you know, the average inpatient chart has 30,000 data points. Wow. Um, and so, you know, uh, and, uh, any one of those data points, you know, could suggest a diagnosis that was taken care of. So what the AI is doing is we take in all of those 30,000 data points, the, every lab, every medication, every word of every, you know, no radiology pathology, um, and, and all of that. And the algorithm is looking at the raw data and walking backwards to try to say, all right, what was the medical team thinking um, based off this data? So in other words, if I said there, you know, you know, Michael, there's, there's a couple of data points, you know, one, the person's blood pressure was 180 over 100 Two, the doctor prescribed a high blood pressure medication. Then you'd be able to say, you know, oh, hey, based off those two data points, it's likely the doctor was thinking about or trying to treat high blood pressure, whether or not she actually wrote it down into a note. Mm -hmm. um, and so, um, you know, 30,000 data points is essentially doing that on steroids, right? It's essentially taking in a 
an extremely complex uh, sort of set of behaviors uh, and, and things the care team did to the patient and working backwards to understand what diagnoses were taken care of. And then if something was taken care of in the hospital, but we don't see it represented, um, you know, kind of in the set of codes for the patient, or we don't see it represented in the physician note, that then is an opportunity to go to the hospital and say, you know, uh, hey, you know, should this be there? Do you think it's medically justified? Um, was this something that uh, that you treated while the patient was in-house? Um, and so the algorithm is doing the hard work of drudging through those data points and pulling it up for uh, documentation improvement nurse, as an example. Um, but the kind of human judgment, um, that kind of like clinical spark of making the judgment call is, yep, that makes sense, or no, that doesn't make sense, um, is something that the uh, you know, nurse still does uh, before it, it gets incorporated into the patient chart. One thing I'd like to ask that we didn't go over before is how um, accurate has it been for you at Smarter DX? You know, like how well has the algorithm been in kind of summarizing efficiently and still making sense and, and not kind of dropping anything or creating any gaps? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really great question um, because I think there's you know, when I was at New York Presbyterian, I was on the buyer's side of the table, you know, instead of the seller's side of the table. Um, and so, you know, there would, there would be a lot of uh, companies that would advertise, you know, AI or, or, you know, this or that. And you get a lot of, you know, findings that are not actionable or it's hard to know if it really added value or not. Like maybe it's a pop-up, but do you know it, it really added value? Um, you know, so when we started Smarter DX, the thing that we did that was, I think, relatively unique is um, we spent a lot of time not just thinking about the um, sort of AI and the technology piece. And I think this is very much something hospitals have to do, um, but thinking about how can we be inserted into the hospital process um, in a way that the accuracy of the algorithm, how much value it adds is readily apparent to the hospital. Mm -hmm. um, and so the way we do that is um, in something called the pre-bill stage, which is, you know, we actually wait until, um, and this is a little bit counterintuitive, the documentation improvement nurse and the medical coder first finishes their work the way they do it today. Um, so in other words, we're not trying to replace what they're doing. We actually let them finish their work. Mm -hmm. And then we run our algorithm as like a homework checker or a, you know, a quality assurance tool where we say, all right, well, you've done your work. Are there any gaps? It's kind of like a spell checker, right? You first write the essay and then you, you, know, you run the spell checker. And that way, if we find something, um, you know, they know and the hospital CF, CFO knows that it truly is incremental value. Um, and for every three things that we suggest, uh, what we see in our customers is about two out of three things um, end up getting accepted by the nurse, the physician, um, and the coder. Um, and so it's, you know, it ends up being, you know, pretty high uh, accuracy for them. That's excellent. You immediately see the value right there. So that's, a, that's a excellent. Now we talk about the benefits of AI, but also there's that other side that we have to talk about the challenges, the concerns, and the considerations. So, um, including Smarter DX, but also the work that you've done previously. Uh, what have you seen or what can you probably forecast as some issues 
with artificial intelligence healthcare, um, a lot of the stuff that we talk about here at Weedy focuses on privacy and security. Um, and we are dealing with, you know, medical information, patient information. So, um, you know, along with privacy and security, what are some other considerations that you might have come across in your work with AI? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the, the first, uh, that I would, that I would say is, um, you know, are the kind of operational considerations. You can never divorce, uh, you know, technology from people and process, um, at the end of the day. Um, and you know, everyone who's rolled out, um, EMR software in the past two decades intrinsically understands that, you know, you have to kind of update the underlying processes to match the flow of the software. Um, and you have to update the software to match the underlying processes. And it's kind of a, you know, two way street in order for that to be successful. Um, and, you know, I would say that's the same for, uh, AI. Um, if there's a hope that you can sign a contract with a vendor and, you know, press install and immediately it solves all your problems, you and I both know that's that's not realistic. Mm -hmm. um, kind of staff have to know how to, you know, it's not enough for the recommendation to be correct. It has to be actionable. Um, the staff have to trust the recommendation enough to, you know, sort of take the next step with it. Um, uh, and uh, whenever there's an operational kind of change, that means there's an operational cost. Um, and so... I can give a doctor a hundred different prompts. They might each be correct and each have, you know, some degree of value, but if it prevents the doctor from going through their workflow and a hundred prompts later, they're just throw up their hands and are not willing to work with it. Then your cost has actually exceeded um, your value. So operational considerations, you know, I would say is, is huge. Mm -hmm. And the most common mistake I see with, with hospitals and, this is with my, you know, kind of hospital hat on is, you know, there's so much burning need, I think, with physician burnout, with low margins, um, you know, that it's tempting to try to deploy AI everywhere all at once um, or a, te a technology everywhere all at once. Um, and, you know, then kind of get burned when it's not effective. Um, and so, you know, we always counsel that, you know, these things should be deployed narrowly with predefined kind of measures of success. Excellent. Speaking with Michael Gao here, CEO and co-founder of SmarterDX on the collective voice of health IT. Uh, we generally would ask, the when, when talking about the future of health IT and healthcare, uh, we ask like two to three years down the road, what do you see? But we're talking about AI. So, you know, I can almost say, what are you going to see tomorrow? <laughs> pretty much. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I go, I go 12 to 18 months. So, so what do you see not only from a revenue cycle management perspective, but where are some other items and other elements within healthcare where you see AI finding its way in to improve and show that added value? That's question one. And number two, uh, looking at AI, is it interesting seeing the utilization and leveraging of AI in healthcare? where traditionally technology has been very hesitant to be adopted so quickly. So first, forecasting. Second, AI in healthcare and, and the hesitancy. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, 
You know, I think there's a quote by Bill Gates that says something like, we always overestimate the change that will occur in the next two years um, or 18 months, maybe in this instance, um, and underestimate the change that will occur in the next 10. Um, and I think that's very applicable here. Um, I think that today hospitals and healthcare leaders are very much in the learning phases of how to use AI. Um, and domains where we've seen that applied are things like, you know, creating a summary for patients, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, it's, you know, just like AI is used to translate English to French, it can be used to translate medical lingo to English, um, you know, as well. Um, we see that with uh, essentially, uh, you know, taking an audio conversation and creating notes um, out of it. Um, you know, we certainly see it in lots of parts of revenue cycle, um, everything from uh, coding, although today focused more on the outpatient coding side where uh, sort of the, the rules of the game are a little bit simpler um, to documentation improvement. Um, we also see it on the re- in the research world with real world evidence. Um, so, you know, in other words, I'm trying to recruit uh, you know, a certain type of cancer patient who meets a certain set of criteria into a clinical trial. Well, you know, is there a way to use AI to kind of go into the database to, you know, look for those? Um, I think of all of these cases as um, sort of relatively narrow applications where, um, not to say it doesn't have a big impact, but it's uh, an effect that's constrained to a single process, right? So it's, oh, it's a coding AI to help coders. It's a conversational AI to help the transcription. It's a, you know, um, uh, sort of like a, uh, efficiency AI that prioritize certain, certain MRIs over others. Um, in the long run, I think that the, you know, certainly 10 years is impossible for anyone to predict. Um, but what I would say is, um, you know, most, many things, um, uh, in life with technology, um, have become more accessible. What used to cost a ton to, you know, a TV used to be super expensive. Um, and now, you know, almost everyone can afford a TV. Food used to be super expensive. And, you know, now um, uh, sort of, you know, overeating and, and obesity are, are our biggest issues, not, you know, kind of like starving to death. Um, and uh, the industry that people think about when they think about something that has gotten sort of less accessible over time rather than more accessible um, kind of is healthcare. Um, And, you know, I think in 10 years, the question is, can AI sort of fundamentally change the cost structure of healthcare um, such that uh, sort of universal healthcare exists, not because it's legislated, um, but because it's, you know, kind of at everyone's fingertips. Mm Um, and I don't know the answer to that, but that's that's the world that, you know, I, I'd be curious about um, if that kind of pops into existence in the next decade. Excellent. Before I let you go, um, anything you'd like to plug, recommend, suggest to our audience? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I'm, uh, I, I'm in kind of a unique situation where, you know, obviously we're a vendor 
um, where we help hospitals capture uh, more dollars, um, and specifically about $2 million for 10,000 um, inpatient discharges. Um, but, you know, I've also cut my teeth implementing at hospitals with my time at, you know, New York Presbyterian, um, you know, with uh, sort of AI systems that I've built, you know, in-house before Smarter DX as well. Um, so if any of your, um, uh, you know, listeners want to chat about the second part um, and, and kind of, you know, are curious about um, how to better implement in, you know, their systems, uh, you know, without being sort of sold to you, but just, you know, kind of to share experiences, I'd uh, be more than happy to chat. And, you know, they can reach me at mike at smarterdx.com. Excellent. Michael Gao, CEO and co-founder of Smarter DX. It was a pleasure chatting with you about all things AI. Uh, hope to have you again soon. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate your time. Awesome. This has been the collective voice of Health IT, a weedy podcast, where the healthcare IT community connects, collaborates, and creates solutions for a better health system. To listen to all our episodes and learn more about our association, visit our website, wedi.org. Thank you for joining us, and be safe.